Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It is episode 13 of the Philosopher's Stone podcast. I am Captain Jack Sparrow, and this is Samwise Gamgee. How you doing, Sam? Oh, couldn't be better, Captain Jack. Couldn't be better. Good, <laughs> good, because I could. You know, I have a ton of lawsuits right now. It's it's brutal. Oh, yeah, your, your ex-girlfriend. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, what a bitch, eh? <laughs> what a bitch. Anyways... Uh, this is, uh, the, uh, we're going to get into some philosophy, Sam, mm-hmm. with Sam, and he's going to teach me some shit. And, uh, you know what? I'm going to come out of this enlightened today. I feel like, uh, my soul, my mind, my cerebral cortex is open and willing. Ooh. It's about to be entered. <laughs> my lobes, my lobes are spread far and wide, begging to be entered and penetrated by your knowledge. No homo. Hey. Well, you'll find uh, you're you're gonna, you're about to be um, fully immersed in one of the greatest minds the world has ever known. Oh yeah, is it Thomas Aquinas or <laughs> is it uh, what was the last guy we were talking about? Wittgenstein. His names they need to just Wittgenstein, Albert van Wittgenstein, Lud- Ludwig. The Ludwig. other German name, Ludwig van Wittgenstein. <laughs> I've been watching. Uh, barbarians on netflix all german actors all in german oh really is it good yeah it is good there i watched the whole thing so i think there's six episodes Hmm. and uh it's kind of a it's like semi-historically accurate about the romans uh fighting the barbarian tribes in germania right and one of their battles and the big lead up to it uh it's cool because i can like understand a lot of it without even having to read the subtitles i've found my german's coming back wow i will say that it was it is a good it is a great show and there the last episode had there was some moments where i was like "Eh, really like that's kind of either cheesy or that would never happen (laughs) there was a little bit of that a little bit of corniness and a little bit of a okay but other than that, I would say definitely worth the watch if you're if you're interested in that period of history, especially. Hmm. Let's put it this way. If you enjoyed the first scene in Gladiator, you're going to enjoy this show. <laughs> but I like it when the Romans win. That's the problem. Well, that's, that doesn't happen in this one. Damn it. I like it's all about There's so many shows about an order. It's there's so many shows about the Romans dominating. It's nice to have one about you know the Germans coming back. Oh, that's true. Little underdog story. That's true. They never did. Conquer. You learn a lot. I don't know. Yeah, you learn a lot about. Uh, I don't know how much of it is accurate, but some of the customs and traditions of the tribes of of the German, their Germanic tribes back then, and they're like infighting and like what they cared about hmm. and uh, why it was so hard to unite them. Yeah, they're all like but, uh, totally uh, isolated from each other, right? For the most part. No, they're not isolated, but they are constantly at odds with each mm. other. It's like trying to read, like it's like how the political tribalism right now. That's how it was back then amongst them, but for different reasons, obviously. Yeah. They didn't unite for but, like, uh, thousands of years until Bismarck in like the late eighteen hundreds, right? Oh, I don't know. I have yeah, no idea. That's true. <laughs> uh, I should know that. It's my history. It's the history of my people. Um, but I did. I will say it kind of suffered from a little bit of the the um, what did I call it? Season eight Game of Thrones itis, whereas they needed another three episodes before the finale to make it not seem abrupt and weird. Oh, really? Oh, that's unfortunate. That's what I think. I think that the, there was some things that the characters did that didn't seem. Like it seemed out of character <laughs> based on the previous five episodes. Ah, you know what I mean? Right. Like, so there was a little bit of that going on. Some shit they should have fleshed out. Overall, I would give it a, I'd give it a six point five out of ten. A seven if you're in a seven point five if you're into that type of history, you'll really like it because the costume design and. Like all the German barbarians, they speak German. All the Romans speak Latin. So like all the actors are speaking Latin that are Roman. Nice. That's cool. And like they really, that. they nailed like the look of the Romans specifically, especially like the actors they chose, like facial structure wise. Like they all looked like they were straight out of like 
the Colosseum. <laughs> Straight out of Rome. <laughs> Straight out of Rome. They're all like man. five foot five. Uh, <laughs> Romans were very short. They, they are. They yeah. really are. They had. They all look like all the Roman actors are the actors that played the Romans were like visibly shorter than all the barbarians. Like there was wow. some. But yeah, the last episode there was some stuff where I'm like, oh, God, you kind of it. It left a bad taste in my mm. mouth. Despite them obviously blowing most of the budget on that one episode. <laughs> oh yeah, the big epic battle episode. Oh well. Yeah, but there's some stuff that there's like, why is that happening? That would never happen. Mm. How, what? Why would they even do that? And also, like, there was a real blatant girl power moment that made me cringe a little bit. <gasps> You're opposed to girl power? How dare you? No, <laughs> no. I just don't like it to be, like, shoehorned into a series oh, yeah. to get that audience. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. The, the character that I'm talking about, she's a main character and great character for the whole series. Again, until the last episode, she starts doing some weird shit that I'm like, well, she wouldn't even do that based on everything we learned about her for the first few episodes. Anyways, go watch it. Watch all the episodes, even the last one. Yeah. And write into us what you think about... <clears throat> We have anywhere of the people even writing into us besides personal friends on our personal Facebook pages. We should make something. Oh, like a Facebook page. Yeah. Like an email. Yeah. A Facebook page or an email or something. Mm-hmm. It would be nice. Have you checked our numbers? Do we have more than two listeners yet? Uh, well, what are these numbers, right? All these polls are fake. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it would be interesting to see if there's been any growth in the first 10 episodes. We probably have millions of listeners. Spotify just doesn't want to admit it. That's what I think. Oh yeah, you sh- my brother Joel. Shout out Joel, uh, listener one of two. Uh, he requests that we put it out on Apple Music or Apple Podcasting yeah, um, or whatever. Why is it not on the Apple? I think I'm going to switch switch it up to that because if we do it that way, uh, it's free, which is nice. Uh, opposed to what? As opposed to what? Um, the RSS website you have to pay for. It's it's like thirteen bucks a month, but oh yeah. man, what? And you one, should one, three. start one, sending one, him money for one, that. One three, not 30. One three, 13. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's still what? That's a lot for every month. Yeah. I can help you out with that. I'm, I'll look for some cash, <laughs> I guess. Anyways, I'll get the money I earned for working for our buddy's landscaping company today. Three and a half solid hours of raking and uh leaf blowing and uh also playing therapist quite a bit oh god (laughs) Uh, he really likes i feel like once he gets one of us alone like one of his buddies alone and he's not with like you know his you know he can finally (laughs) speak his mind it all comes out Mm -hmm. it all comes out (laughs) the torrent the floodgates have opened (laughs) yeah finally someone i can speak plainly to (laughs) Oh man, I don't mind. Hey, that's life. So, I'm. What do we got on the? Oh, what do we got today? Go ahead. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, I've been so so busy um, with uh, with my with my school stuff that uh, I didn't really have time to learn about a whole new philosophy. Philosophy. I wanted to do philosophy of time, but after reading the article oh. about it, it was so absurdly complicated that I'm going to need bit more free time before I can do that. So instead, I thought we would take a look at someone who's not officially a philosopher, but actually had a lot to say about philosophical topics. Little little Frenchman went by the name of Napoleon Bonaparte. Napoleon bone my parts. <laughs> he was a hot stud back then. Oh yeah, he was. <laughs> I just saw something about him actually on Reddit today. It was uh, how most strategists that were trying to defeat him in battle had to essentially resign to tactics that included retreat because they knew they would have to retreat. Yeah. That's pretty much the only way he really lost was when people just retreated from him. (laughs) Yeah. So they'd retreat and then they'd uh, somehow 
just gain more numbers. I forget what the article said, but essentially it was like no one even expected to beat him in open battle. It was like a slow, gradual accumulation of numbers until it was just they outnumbered him. By yeah, that much. Yeah, he was uh, he was know. a total genius. But before we get into his philosophy, we'll just do a quick rundown, sort of, mm-hmm. of his career, basically. Um, okay. All right, so he was born seventeen sixty nine in on the island of Corsica which is just uh, south of France. Nice. Yeah, very nice. He died in exile on the island of St. Helena in 1821. 52 years old. So how old was he when he 52. died? 52. Yeah, 52, man. I, for some reason, I feel like all conquerors like that tend to die like in their 30s mm. at the latest. But he lived a long life, eh? He did. Well, yeah. long for back then. Um, well, he didn't really start conquering until his early 30s. <laughs> Yeah. Really? So what was he doing in his 20s? Just like slam poetry? <laughs> yeah. Open mic nights and slam poetry? Yeah. All right. Well, here, here's some important dates, right? So he's born in 1769. 1792, he became a captain of artillery. So artillery was very new in those days. Like it would just be, it was just coming mm-hmm. into its own. Uh, in 1793, so one year later, one year after becoming captain of artillery, he became the commander of the artillery for the entire French army in Italy because Holy yeah, because of how good he was with that cannon. <laughs> well, was it just a case of like, no one really knew what they were doing with artillery and he kind of just like pioneered some new techniques. Probably. He was the first person who realized like, like it, you can use this to win battles. If you just keep firing the guns constantly and really fast. <laughs> <laughs> It seems like a pretty obvious thing. <laughs> like any gun, you're like, however many times we can shoot this thing. Do yeah. It. People sort of like didn't really take it seriously, but then he showed up and and uh, won a siege of a city in just a year. And they were like, oh, holy shit, this guy knows what he's doing. So, so two, yeah, well, two years after that, he became the brigadier general for the French army and he suppressed an uprising Paris, he killed a bunch of civilians. Really? Yeah. <laughs> How old was he then? Probably like mid thirties, or uh, that would be seventeen ninety five. That happened, and let me just use my seventeen ninety five minus seventeen sixty nine. So he was twenty six. Twenty six, brigadier general. Twenty six, <laughs> and he's suppressing an uh, insurrection in Paris, killing innocent mm-hmm. civilians. That is balling. <laughs> yeah. Makes me feel like I haven't accomplished anything. You know how many civilians I've killed? Zero, as far <laughs> as I know. Yeah, I definitely haven't killed any civilians. Definitely not a brigadier general. Yeah. Okay. No, so, um, no, man. About I nine might, years later. I might be oh, the furthest thing from a general. <laughs> Couch <laughs> Might legitimately general. be the furthest thing from a general. <laughs> You're a Netflix general. <laughs> I'm the couch captain, yeah. Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he, about nine years later, he uh, he went to Egypt. He wanted to become Alexander the Great and conquer Egypt. But uh, in the midst mm-hmm. of that, he found out there was another uprising in France. And so this time he figured he was going to return and seize power. So in 1804, at the age of 35, he crowned himself the emperor of France. Damn. Making money move. <laughs> what the hell was going on in France? So many up in, uh, uh, uprisings and insurrections. Mm. What's going on there? Uh, so the French Revolution had occurred about like sort of like five years earlier. And France was still sort of in uh, political upheaval and lots of huge power vacuum, basically. Uh, and so Napoleon swept I see, in. I see, I see. One year later, only one year later, crowned himself the king of Italy at the age of 36. What? Yeah, so France conquered Italy. Did Italy yeah. just not have any governing body at that time? There's just was there just open seats there for him or did he invade? They France France had been sort of like fucking around in Italy for about 10 years at that point. I don't think Italy was like united at that time, and so he sort of just crowned uh, himself the king and France sort of like conquered <laughs> Italy. Yeah. This guy's so full of money moves, man. Mm-hmm. Oh man. It's insane. He's got like one of the fastest rises ever. So 1805, he's king of France, king of Italy. By 1812, he ruled most of Europe, including France, all the way up to the Rhine in Germany, Belgium, Holland, Italy, Croatia, Austria, Dalmatia, and Poland was a client state. Shit. So Germany was still not united. Germany was not united at the time. It was Prussia and a bunch of other states. 
Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, so after this, he imposed – his main enemy was England. He really, really hated England. Called them a nation of shopkeepers mm-hmm. or something. Or maybe that was Hitler. I can't remember. Oh. <laughs> hated England. <laughs> Burn. Yeah. Fucking roasted yeah. them. Yeah, nation of shopkeepers. Yeah, something like that. I forget who said that. That's but like such a weird – That was the Baron on England. <laughs> that is such a weird insult, yeah. man. <laughs> Fucking small business owner piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um bunch of entrepreneurs <laughs> over there. Idiots. Yeah. But yeah, the that was a problem was England had more money, so they could always outspend anybody and that was a problem. So he wanted this trade oh. embargo. He didn't want any European country to trade with England. But who trades with England? Russia. Russia. Russia keeps trading with England and so Napoleon he can't he can't stand for that sort of insubordination. So in 1812, mm-hmm. he invaded Russia, and this would prove to be his downfall. Never invade <laughs> Russia. I don't know why people can't get this. <laughs> unless you're this goddamn con, stay out of Russia. Yeah, unless you're the Mongols, don't don't even try. <laughs> yeah. So he invaded Russia. Russia figured out finally how to beat him. So the Russian tactic was they just retreated. They just kept retreating further and further yeah. into Russia and burning all their crops. And to isn't that essentially how they did it with Germany too in World War Two? They're just like, you're never gonna survive our winter up here. Um in World War Two it was a bit different. Oh, sorry. Yeah, in uh in World War Two it was a bit different because um the Germans launched a surprise attack with Barbarossa and like the Russians barely even had yeah. time to retreat before they were already getting wiped out. But it was pretty similar right. that they got all the way to Moscow and then it was winter time. So, but Napoleon, uh, Napoleon yeah, actually man. did better than the Germans. Hmm. Napoleon did better than the Germans. He got all the way to Moscow and took Moscow. But the problem Damn. was the Russians didn't give a shit about Moscow and they burned their own city to the ground, including all the food that was in it. <laughs> that is such a Russian thing yeah. to do. That is, that is, that's got Smirnoff vodka written all over it. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Just got hammered. <laughs> it's probably an accident. Yeah. Got hammered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just said that they meant to do it after when they all woke up and sewered up and they're like, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't like that place anyways. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a hangover, man. I've 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 made some mistakes uh, from drinking too much, but burning down the capital city of your nation is a, that's a that's a rough one out there. I took one shot and I woke up in the walk capital. Walk of shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could you imagine that walk of shame back? Uh, so this was, uh, and then he was forced to retreat in the winter out of Russia, getting chased all the way back. Just. Just because they're like they just couldn't handle the There's, weather. Or they had no, they had no food. Russians can live. Oh, up there. I don't know. Yeah, I think they have, like oh. the right. They have the right clothing, I think, and they're like, I don't know. They're just used to it, I guess. But um, yeah, I guess so. So at the time he invaded Russia, which with at the time he invaded with uh, five hundred thousand men, which was the biggest army ever assembled in history at the time. And that's peanuts right now, hey. Uh. Yeah, I mean, you would never find you would never find five hundred thousand troops assembled in an army any, uh, like, anymore. I thought you said five thousand. Oh, no, I thought no. you said five thousand. Yeah. Like that's nothing. No, so at the time it was the largest ever with five hundred thousand. Right in World War Two, yeah. they're up in the millions. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. so he invaded with five hundred thousand, and he lost over three hundred thousand men. Damn. Yeah, it's considered the greatest military disaster in history. Damn. <laughs> Big smudge on his reg- resume, hey? Mm-hmm. But the thing and was... An otherwise perfect resume. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's uh, such a disaster. He should never have done it. But but even then, he wasn't done. He wasn't defeated, right? So he still has like this big army. He gets back. France has a ton of people for some reason. And... <laughs> Yeah. And, what do you mean for some reason? I don't know. They like to get wine drunk and make love in the streets. Oh, yeah, and they had recently... No protection. Yeah, exactly, no protection, yeah. Um, but this is what you're talking about, how the only way people beat him was retreating. So in 1814, 
he was finally defeated by the combined forces. So this is France against the combined forces of Russia, England, Spain, Portugal, Sweden, and Austria. Holy Moses. So the way they beat him was they would keep retreating from his columns, keep retreating, keep retreating until they had all retreated into one huge force together that he attacked and they just massively outnumbered him and beat him. Ah, I see. I see. Yeah. Tactical retreats. retreats, Yeah. Um, And so in uh, 1814, he was exiled. He wasn't killed. They exiled him to the island of Elba. Excuse me. But only one year. Elba? Elba, It's called. Yeah, it's in the Mediterranean. Um, I think it's Mm. in the Mediterranean. Anyway, uh, but in 1815, his supporters rescued him. He went back to France, crowned himself king again, raised another army, but was defeated at the Battle of Waterloo. See, that's the one I've heard. Yeah, that's the famous one. That's crazy. He got exiled, rescued, then became king again. Mm -hmm. Man, but he must have been living that that quiet island life, you know? (laughs) Give that up. Oh. <laughs> Give that up to go back into Russia, probably. Yeah, wait till we pick his brain. This guy did not want a quiet life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, at, so after Waterloo, he was exiled again. This time, they realized they have to send him somewhere a little bit more remote. So they exiled him to an island called the Island of St. Helena, which is pretty fucking remote. It's about halfway between Brazil and South Africa. Holy, so that's like... Yeah, yeah. absolute middle of nowhere. So if you've seen seen the movie The Count of Monte Cristo, Mm -hmm. they crash on the island of Elba. Ah. And and Napoleon gives them a message and they take that message back to France and that's how he becomes... He gets rescued from Elba in The Count of Monte Cristo. So... For his second exile. Yeah, I have to re- yeah. I have to rewatch that. So wait, never mind. Get, go on. I'll, I'll just I'll just read up on that oh, yeah. movie later. So but. second exile, they send him way the hell out into the middle of the absolute nowhere in the South Atlantic Ocean, and he dies th- yeah. on that island in 1821 at the age of 52. Damn, man. Can you imagine being such a gangster that they're like, okay, we need to send this single individual out into the most isolated place we know where he can't contact anyone because he's that dangerous. Just, just a human being is that dangerous. That's yeah. That's, that's so wild to me that like one mind can be such a, like a hazard to the rest of the world. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Just one guy, one guy. Yeah. One guy. And there's a world full of people and not everybody, like barely anyone is that level of dangerous, especially like, when it comes to conquering abilities, like there, there aren't that many people that have existed that have uh, achieved what he's achieved or he achieved. There's like, I feel like you can count them almost all on one hand, put them in the goat, the goat category of conquerors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. Yeah. Genghis Khan, Genghis mm-hmm. Khan, however you prefer. You got Napoleon, you got Alexander the Great, Alexander the Great. Maybe my history needs a little bit more brush. <laughs> um, big time conquerors, I'm Julius just, Caesar. Yeah, um, Julius Caesar. Yeah, he definitely. And then that Persian guy, Xerxes. Oh, Xerxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of random ones. The thing is, they don't really you don't really remember them unless they like they leave a legacy. And Napoleon, even though his tenure was actually quite brief, he was only emperor for about ten years, I think and that he conquered all of Europe in about 10 years. Mm. But he did leave a really important legacy, which is something called the Code Napoleon or something, which was a, it's like a code. Hit of, me with it. It's like a code of laws, basically. So this is the law, like the laws in Quebec and also has something similar, but they basically have this book or like a huge book and like every single law is just written down. And so if you want to go to court, you just bring that book with you. And then it's just about, just one book. This is about looking up the law in that book and interpreting it. That's Which hilarious. Which is like totally all different. All the laws yeah. fit in one book. Yeah. One single book. Yeah. That is really streamlined. I like that. <laughs> yeah. 
I would carry a copy around that with me at all times. <laughs> I think it's pretty big. I mean, it might be multiple volumes. I'm not sure, but um, I'd hope yeah, so. But that's like similar to like the Roman <laughs> law system. 38 laws. Yeah, 38. <laughs> so let's get into this man's mind and why. What made him? What was? What made him different than your average bloke? <laughs> all right, so I, I have this little book. It's called. Uh, Aphorisms and Thoughts by Napoleon Bonaparte. Um, so these are like his collected, uh, sort of his wit and wisdom, if you will. Um, okay. All right. So let's, uh, we'll start with the, the first one. This is one of my favorites. <clears throat> A revolution is an opinion which discovers bayonets. What? A revolution is an opinion that discovers bayonets. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, think I know what he's get trying to say, <laughs> but I like maybe you want to rephrase that for the idiots in this the, in the audience. No, I want to hear what you think. What do you think? A revolution is an opinion that finds bayonets, discovers, discovers bayonets. I mean, it's just to me that means it's just an opinion that ends in violence. Ooh, I or like opposition, violent, violent opposition. So it's an opinion so radical that there's bound to be violent opposition. Yeah. Because it'll sh- shake the way everything is going, I guess. Here, like one way I think about it is this, right? There's all these people in the United States right now who think that their election was fake, basically. Right mm-hmm. now, this is just an opinion. Yeah. But what if that opinion that the election was fake discovers bayonets? Well, then it becomes a revolution. Based on falsehoods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But basically they take their, it's only an opinion. A revolution is just an opinion until you're willing to use force to achieve that opinion. I think that's, is I think that's this what the current, but is that an example of an opinion? Is when, if something's true or not, it, it's really a fact or not fact. It's not an opinion, right? Hmm. Yeah, I well, I, I think as we'll see, he uh, he. I don't think he really believes a lot in like objective truth. <laughs> okay. He's more like, uh, right. do you have the force to make what you believe real? Impose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have the force to impose your truth on the world? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's okay. Yeah. Um, he's extremely pragmatic, right? So, next one. Most countries' laws were made to oppress the unfortunate and to protect the powerful. Huh. Well, I'm sure that a lot of them were actually. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if that's that's an accurate statement. Yeah. Well, he's he's speaking at his time. That definitely makes sense. Like French Revolution, most of the laws were yeah. pretty oppressive to the people. I think right like the meat cake that sort of thing. What is this let me let the meat cake thing? I, I just don't get it because I've heard that phrase a lot. Oh. <laughs> uh, I know it's from it's from like um Marie Antoinette or some shit, right? Yeah, the the legend has it that uh legend has it that um legend has it <laughs> that uh you know That's funny cuz uh this uh the, we've been doing comedy shows at the uh the only gay bar in our town they're one of the only venues that are letting us do comedy right now. And they have on the stage behind you while you're on mm-hmm. stage is a floor to ceiling tall, uh, painting of Marie Antoinette. And it says, let them eat cake. And I've always wondered what the hell that comes wow, from. That's dope. And now you're going to tell me. <laughs> yeah. So legend has it that, uh, you know, during all of the turmoil in France leading up to the revolution, you know, people are starving, they're dying. Everyone's in poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, Someone came to Marie Antoinette and they said, like, the people, they have no bread to eat. And she's supposedly yeah. replied, oh, well, let them eat cake. Oh, just so disconnected from the reality of what's going exactly. on. Like, she literally thought that they had cake. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a moron. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> was I thought she was supposed to be some, like, I don't know what, but that is one of the... <laughs> yeah, it's like the classic, like completely out of touch aristocracy. Yeah, yeah, like no, like comp- 
completely no idea what's going on on ground level out there. Mm-hmm. So, wh- was she a real person? Yep, she was the the queen, the queen of France. Oh fuck! Yeah. Oh, the queen doesn't even the queen said that. Yeah. That is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that's that is that would be that would explode Twitter if that happened today. You know, people were so <laughs> upset about it they literally chopped her head off. <laughs> Oh shit! Really? In the, in the guillotine, yeah. The whole f- for that. Well, not for that. Well, comment, I'm sure but, it w- wasn't just yeah. that comment, but that comment really probably might have been the nail in the coffin for me if I was out starving in the streets. Yeah. And she's like, "Why don't you just eat your cake rations? Yeah. <laughs> Where's your cake?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like someone being like from somewhere poor talking to like a really rich. Kit, like hedge fund kid here and being like oh man sir i can't make it i don't have uh i don't have uh i don't have bus fare and they'd be like well why don't you just get your driver to drive yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah like fuck you danielle <laughs> the flights are fully booked oh why don't you just charter your own jet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well do you why don't you what's wrong with your helicopters yeah. just uh chop her on yeah. uber it's funny because it's not even their fault, really. It's just, it's just an instantaneous thing to hate about someone, though. Even though it's not even their fault. Yeah, like you know if I mean? if I was in her position, I would probably also be that disconnected. Well, it's 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 she, like that person literally thinks everybody has drivers. It's not their yeah problem. Like Marina Antoinette literally thought everybody had the same access to food that she had. Yeah, which is. So ludicrous mm-hmm. that, like, I don't know how she even survived to the age, whatever age she got beheaded. I don't know. Probably not very old. <laughs> Probably pretty young. Hey, do you think when they picked up her head, it was like abnormally light? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing in here. <laughs> what the hell? There's like shaking. Pop like a balloon. Her, brain, her brain's like rattling around <laughs> in it like a walnut. Like, oh, there's. <laughs> <laughs> it's like shaking a kinder surprise <laughs> there's something in here her brain was oh it's a monkey on a unicycle <laughs> in her brain <laughs> uh, great oh wow what a dumb bitch Marie Antoinette <laughs> rest in peace baby all right, all right. Um, okay uh, next one this is number 41 in the book uh, this is good there will never be any social revolution without terror. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Agree. Preach it, brother. brother. All right. Number 42. This one, contentious. The amb- This sort of reveals a lot about the way Napoleon thought. Uh, the ambition to dominate minds is the strongest of all passions. Oh, that's <laughs> so... Damn. Another tattoo, another tattoo idea. Yes. Put that one right on, right on, lengthwise on my dick. <laughs> <laughs> you can only read the full thing when it's erect. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you want to know what I believe? <laughs> <laughs> the ambition to dominate minds. Mm-hmm. What, what's the quote again? The ambition to dominate minds is the strongest of all passions. Yeah, yeah, that's a good dick tag. I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe for Napoleon, but I know a lot of people who don't really seem to have a passion for dominating minds. <laughs> I know a lot of people that don't seem to have a passion whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be hilarious. That'd be hilarious if, like, some guy that's <laughs> you know, like a thirty-eight-year-old uh, fry cook at McDonald's has that tattooed. <laughs> Uh, I knew a fry cook who wore a shirt that said "stitches snitches wind up in ditches," which was oh my god, really lame. That I would be like, you better be working here because you have so many felony charges. Oh yeah, he was. I think he was on parole. (laughs) Oh, that reminds me of uh, I went on a Tinder date one time, and this girl she said that her little sister, who was like seventeen or some shit, uh had self-made tattooed across her stomach (laughs) that's so ridiculous self-made what (laughs) self-made what (laughs) you're done you're seven 
<laughs> yeah. You're 17. What have you done? What have you made? I made me. Self-made is not cool if you're an absolute loser. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> okay, well, speaking of being an absolute loser, uh, number 43. Every hour of time wasted during youth creates a chance for future misfortune. Oh, that one hits right, <laughs> right in the right in the. I feel that one. <laughs> that one hits me r- right in my internet hours log. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the boy. How much time? Oh, yeah, dude, I wish I had never discovered I, Reddit. I waste so. Ah, uh, I wish. Yeah, dude, Reddit, YouTube, and currently right now, video games is my big time suck. Ooh. I I often think what what could i have accomplished by now if i took all the time i spent on the internet and and playing video games and watching movies and focused it on a single uh goal mm. there's almost no way i wouldn't have accomplished that goal by now think of it just by sheer time and effort mm-hmm. yeah within reason anyways oh. i don't like to think about that let's move on well you know what napoleon would say to you he would say man only succeeds in life by governing his character or by forging one Hmm. Fake it till you make it, brother. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, I think this is true, actually. Or I don't know. What do you think? Misfortune is the midwife what? of genius. So, in other words, you can't become a genius unless you have like misfortune. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you if everything's going swimmingly for you, why would you like? There's no opportunity to learn, really, mm-hmm. right? essentially like mistakes are the spark that you know is the is the is the flint that sparks innovation right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i would agree um any personal growth that you've accomplished in your life was was set in motion by personal failure yeah, or like realizing that you've like fallen short of something. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, I need to get my act together. It's the That's why like I find that smoking weed, as I mean, it has the, the stereotype is that it, it, it makes you lethargic, which I do agree with, and like does that makes you not want to accomplish things. But if you get high enough, you will have a borderline panic attack thinking <laughs> about your life and it will for and you won't be able to get high again until you fix the things that are that's what happens to me is i get if i get high and something in my life is out of line or out of like order or there's something that's nagging me that i want to accomplish that when i'm stoned it will just burrow into me and i won't even enjoy enjoy it i'll just be having like an anxiety attack and then once i go out and actually change something or accomplish that thing that was bogging. Then I can actually enjoy getting stoned again. So really, all my progress is linked to me wanting to have an anxiety-free high. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I could say uh, personal. My, I've, um, I'm taking like a break from weed, and I'm gone a full. I've really? gone a full week without smoking weed, which is the longest. Holy I know shit. it's the longest I've gone without smoking weed since 2016. I haven't gone that long and man, probably since I actually had to take 30 days off for a drug test <laughs> back when I was like, that was probably a good almost 10 years ago. Mm. Wow. But I smoked, I think I smoked more than you. Yeah, you do. Cause I couldn't smoke a whole joint to myself. I would lose my mind. <laughs> I, an eighth, an eighth of weed easily lasts me two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's insane. That's like yeah. one week for me. If that. Yeah. Um I've been getting into the edibles lately, actually. Not, <laughs> let's, let's let's stay on topic here. Okay. <clears throat> um all right, this one, again, this one very revealing of the way Napoleon thinks. Quote, you only believe that which it pleases you to believe. You only believe that which pleases you to believe. Yeah, so you only believe what you want to believe, basically, or what you what pleases. Want to yeah. believe? Yeah, I mean, that applies to most people I know. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, and then this one I think um, is very applicable to our time. Uh, and he says, the quote is, in a, in a settled sphere, great men are troublemakers. So, Are you referring to Donald Trump? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the sense that he's a great man. What was man, the first word? In a settled sphere. In a yeah. settled sphere? Settled, S-E-T-T-L-E-D. Oh, settled sphere. Yeah. Okay. I think I know what he means. Right. So like if, if you're living in a like stable when there's a status quo. Yeah, stable status quo. The great men are yeah. the or like the people who make the biggest impact and like take control are the ones who try to upset things, upset that sort of stability. Yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna upset the stat like Yeah, I agree. Most people that ended up be, being regarded as great were uh met with opposition at one point or another i'm sure mm-hmm. or as or on their on their come up they were probably met with a lot of resistance <laughs> yeah um this one's really interesting and also like so true for today um a great reputation is a great noise the more you make the more it spreads laws nations monuments everything crumbles but the noise remains Man, this guy was ahead of his time, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe, I don't know if he's ahead of his time, but there seems to be some universal truths that he's realized that carry on through history. Yeah, like uh, like basically it's saying that like a great reputation is just having everybody talk about you all the time. Yeah. And no matter what you do, like everything will just go away. People keep talk keep people keep talking about you. Your reputation stays there, and it'll outlast everything yeah. else. It's more. I think that your people discussing you is more important than any physical, tangible, uh, like evidence that you were a big deal. Right? <laughs> I think that's what he's saying. Yeah, like you yeah, the I mean? the big deal stuff will come with the reputation. I think like the more noise you make, the more yeah. the more things are going to happen. But the the noise comes first and then things happen after the noise. So yeah. rather than like you achieve a bunch exactly. of stuff and then people talk about you, he's saying like, no, no, you get everybody talking about you and then things will, things will happen. You can't become a legend by simply uh, commissioning a 38 foot statue of yourself, and <laughs> placing it in the middle of the city. No. Like that's not going to make you great, but it will get people talking. <laughs> if it was, it will get people talking about you, but not in like a good way. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Again. Otherwise, if, if it was that easy, there'd be f- statues everywhere. <laughs> I put one up. The city maybe take it down. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I, our city hall got vandalized again. Again? Second time, same person. Oh, my God. Vandalized. Yeah, twice. This is like a vigilante via spray painting city hall. <laughs> yeah. Another anti-mass COVID thing about how we're living... It was on November 11th. They like tied it into their. It was like they died for our freedom, and now you're trying to take it away. What? Same person. The balls on this guy, man. The balls on this motherfucker, dude. It's a cloth. Like, I can't mask. believe there's no. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> but I mean, for this guy, for him to hit to vandalize our city hall twice mm. is hilarious because like that means no cameras were set up, no one saw him. It's like a. It's not a short message. Like this guy, it probably took him at least a full two minutes to to do this. Don't they have security so that or time, something? And it's like, yeah, they do. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. Or cameras. Put cameras on the side of the building where you need to. Like it's it's like right in the center of downtown. Like the like the yeah. For no one to even see him doing it is insane. Like yeah. I, I I got respect for the guy purely on that. Oh yeah. Maybe it's Banksy. I don't know. I disagree with his message. What if it's Banksy? Banksy. <laughs> Banksy. Well, I think the writing would be more stylish. Yeah, yeah. Banksy. There'd be like a little rat with a speech bubble or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There'd be some sort of artistic flair to yeah. it. But, I mean, props to this guy for, uh, you know, being a little vigilante in our city, even though I think he's a moron. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, anti-mask man. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Okay, here. Anti mask. Do you think that that superhero would wear a mask? Ooh, good question. <laughs> I only wear one to, to, to hide my identity. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is. He probably wears a mask when he does it. He probably just doesn't realize like the irony. Probably. Yeah, I mean, he if he was smart, he would wear a mask when he's doing yeah. it. I just can't believe that no one's caught him red-handed or picked him up on security cameras. Like, there's so many. Like, I don't know. I. Just it baffles my mind. I swear to God, it's our mayor himself, <laughs> Mayor Bazarin, or whatever. <laughs> mayor Bazarin is doing it, and then getting on TV the next day talking about how angry it makes him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just wants he wants to use the vandalism to build up enough public opinion to quash all the restrictions so that he can start making money again. <laughs> Genius. Genius. <laughs> all right, uh, Napoleon esque in a way. Um, okay, number 77, again, like right on the money. The men who have changed the universe never achieved this by addressing themselves to the leaders, but by stirring the masses. The former method is just intrigue and only generates secondary results. The latter method is the way of genius and changes the face of the world. Whoa. So if you really want to become like a... a, a, a a real street conqueror you need to you need to talk to the people and not the people in charge like you need to talk to the masses is what he's saying right it's like you don't make you don't get real power by uh focusing on the people in power is that kind of what he's trying to say yeah exactly he's saying like um if you want to like if you want to like quote change the face of the world the only way you'll do that is by Speaking directly, Sam. I'm. You keep cutting out hard, hard. Uh huh. Oh. You're cutting um, out. Your mic is cutting out on me. Okay. Can we? How about we? Speak. Can I call you on the phone? Oh shit! What time are we at? Whoa! We're at forty-eight minutes already. Okay, I can hear you now. You're good. Sometimes it'll just like cut out. We have fifteen minutes more. We can. Okay. Can I? Yeah, we can uh, we can just continue on. I just missed the last little thing you said. All right. uh, let's talk yeah. about what oh. he you were saying about true power and needing to stir up the people. Okay, I've lost you again. Yeah. Um, oh Jesus! Someone on my in my house is apparently streaming Hello, high definition Sam. porn. Um, here, hold on. Ugh. I'm going to text you. Can't they tell that there's genius at work here? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can okay. hear you. All right. Let's just wrap. Yeah. Yeah. Let's try and wrap it up. Okay. Let's just wrap it up because, uh, yeah, I could, sometimes you'll cut out for like a full five seconds. Okay. Let's see. Let's see if I can find a good final one to close on. Um, Oh. He's pretty pretty smart guy in general. What I've learned is Napoleon was a bit of a he, he's pretty much a G as as G as a get. I mean, fifty two. That's like a full life back then. He he did it. He did the damn thing, and he kind of. I mean, a little exile is not that bad. Yeah, <laughs> compared to how they usually deal, dealt with with conquerors back then. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Here's a good one to close it on. I love how like. Well, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I wonder what he would think about how, like, nowadays when people say Napoleon Bonaparte, a lot of people are going to say, oh, he was that really short guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was average height for my time. <laughs> After everything he's accomplished, all the genius that lives with him, he's been reduced to, oh, I heard he was short. <laughs> Napoleon complex. <laughs> Those short little guys, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Short and angry. Napoleon complex. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he would be pissed about that. I'm oh, sure. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So this is. I think this sums him up very well. He said, "A good philosopher makes a bad citizen." Ah, that's what you're you're telling yourself. You're a rebel, hey Sam, <laughs> with those two degrees. <laughs> Lock them up. Lock them up. <laughs> up. Napoleon would not those be. Those two degrees might as well be a key. <laughs> 
Each degree might as well be a kilo of cocaine as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> For possession. Yeah. This man's a villain. Yeah, they think too much. He wants everyone to fall in line. Yeah. And not question him. Yeah, you do not want a well-educated uh, population. Yeah, you don't want an educated population if you want control, that's for sure. No. You want everyone, like the, the dictator of Which Cambodia. Is great for the people that are going to be ruling. Oh, the dictator of Cambodia executed everybody who wore glasses because he thought they were intellectuals. Whoa, really? Yeah. That is such a power move. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, that's wild. And if you can't take your glasses off your face in time to not get executed, I don't know who. Like, as soon as I heard people were getting killed because they were wearing glasses, those glasses would never see the light of day again. And I don't care <laughs> if I had to had to use a goddamn walking stick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, sorry. Here's, I should finish with this one. Cause this is like the last quote of the book. It like has like finality to it. So he says a new, okay. a new Prometheus. I am attached to a rock where a vulture is gnawing at me. I had stolen the fire of heaven to endow France with it. The fire has come back to its source. And here I am. Whoa, that sounded epic, but I'm not even sure what the hell he was trying to say. He's on a rock getting eaten by a vulture? Yeah, it's the the myth of Prometheus. So Prometheus, I think, was a titan, and he stole fire from the gods of Olympus and gave it to humans. And his punishment for that, yeah. And his punishment for that was uh, Poseidon, I think, chained him to a rock in the ocean. But he he couldn't be killed because he's immortal. But his punishment was that for the rest of his life, uh-huh. a vulture would sit on him and like eat his liver for the rest of his life. But his liver keeps replenishing because he's immortal. Hardcore, man. Hardcore. But I like that. That is to compare himself to the guy that essentially gave France what was supposed to only belong to gods. Mm-hmm. That's pretty gangster, man. Yeah. He loved France. Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> I, uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. Was a real, was a real motherfucker, man. That guy, I, I've gained respect for him during this last 52 minutes. Yeah. I mean, he was very smart. He was, I mean, he, by today's standards, if he showed up today, like we would hate him. We would absolutely hate him. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, dude, I don't think there's a lot of people that existed back then that would get along with modern people. No, but like... There's just so many social faux pas. The social faux pas would be out the goddamn window. Yeah, I, th- I think the, re- the reason we would hate him wouldn't be because of his his manners, so to speak. Excuse me. It'd be because for some reason he would he just showed up and started started wars just for, like, for glory. <laughs> like... Just for the sake of war, <laughs> he, yeah. If he appeared in my city, he'd be like, "Why aren't we the t- Why aren't we the capital city of this of this country?" And he'd be like, "I don't know." And he'd be like, "Well, I'm going to fix that." And then he'd probably just do stuff. <laughs> just I don't know. Yeah, he seems like the type of person that. Yeah, he's like he'd be like Trump if Trump was actually a genius and knew how to take over things. Right. Super dangerous. Yeah, person. he'd just be like, "This is what's happening." It, this is ha- what's happening and I'm going to do it and just try and stop me. Yeah. And they like the only thing they could do to him. Eventually they just had to take him and put him as far away from everybody as they possibly could. The equivalent of taking yeah. away Trump's phone and banning him from Twitter, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Which they should have done a long yeah. time ago. Exiling Napoleon to Helena was basically like banning him from Twitter in the modern context. shut him up don't let him talk to anybody (laughs) yeah yeah and i still think that is like the most that's like could to get that level of like what's the word i'm looking for infamy where they're like we we need to literally put this man on like the equivalent of the moon so that he doesn't fuck up everything yeah so because he can and he will yeah yeah he, if you let him back with normal society, he will he will conquer you at some point. That's like it's it's bizarre how the level of like ambition and motivation, intelligence, and like all the things that you, a person needs to possess to to be that type of person is just yeah. Like, I feel like it's such a rare mixture. 
Yeah. That it only happens once every out every, every once, once in a while. A few hundred years, yeah. The crazy one of the worst yeah. things ever is Stanley Kubrick was supposed to like he had it scripted and everything. He was supposed to make this huge epic biography of Napoleon, like biographical film of Napoleon. Yeah. Never happened. Yeah. Never happened. What it sucks. What happened? I think uh, I think Kubrick died before he was able to get financing for it, and I don't think anyone wants to finance it because it would cost a fuck ton of money to make. And then I think historical epics usually do very poorly at the box office. So it'll probably never be made. Yeah, the thing about Napoleon is he he's not sexy. No, he's he's not. You he's a I mean? short French guy. <laughs> he's not. Yeah, he's not Julius Caesar. He's not Genghis Khan. He's he's got the weird hat. He's got his fucking hand in his chest. Yeah buttons for some reason in every picture and let's face it the guy was short man mm. and no one can respect that i don't care how many countries you conquer <laughs> you're under five five ten then what the hell are you doing walking around you should have ended it earlier yeah i think as soon as you hit <laughs> 20 years old if you're not above five ten you should kill yourself <laughs> yeah i think he was very into JK. uh he was very uh just kidding joel <laughs> Oh, poor Joel. Um, Napoleon was Joel's very into like. Uh, I think in one of his letters to his wife, he's like, uh, "I think he was gonna. He was like coming back. He's like, I'll be back in three weeks." And he's like, "Don't wash." Like he was really into like things being stinky. I think. He's like, "I'll be." What did he say? He didn't want his. He weeks? didn't want his wife to take a shower for like three weeks or something because he he liked the the body odor. <laughs> Ugh. That sounds like slander. Like that sounds like some propaganda. The British, else the British made, made it up. Yeah. That's the equivalent to the to the peeing prostitution for Trump. It's oh, like, ah, oh maybe, nice, but nice analogy. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. The reason that it's like I can see it, but I don't know if there's any real. I don't know. I think there was actually a lot more evidence for Trump than the one account of napoleon dynam napoleon i will keep trying to call him napoleon, napoleon of napoleon bonaparte <laughs> wanting his wife to be stanky when he gets home stanky <laughs> sounds like it's just a smear of his character that one yeah. flaw it's like the biggest embarrassment in his life yeah i mean maybe it wasn't short First, maybe he was like six feet tall the british just made up a myth that he was short <laughs> I think people would have known that like someone's going to write down the guy's height at some point. If he's conquering nation after nation, <laughs> I think his biggest embarrassment was number one. People found out about his stinky wife fetish. And then <laughs> a close number two was uh, trying to, was losing Moscow <laughs> oh, There was and losing 300,000 men. Oh, there was a hilarious <laughs> quote he had about one of his wives. Oh, I just, I have to try and find it. Something about like the worst, something like the worst thing that happened to him was uh, like, oh, it's something about his assassination. Oh, I wish I could find it. Assassination? He, was, he didn't get, there was a, he didn't get assassinated. No, but there were attempts. People tried to kill him. Um, yeah. Ah, damn. I don't think I can find it in time. Um, yeah. Well, maybe you can find it for next time, huh? Yeah, maybe we can find it for next time. Yeah, I can't find it yet. All right. Well, <laughs> that concludes our episode. Napoleon Bonaparte had some great ideas, had some great battles, had some great stinky sex with his <laughs> wife, had a rough time with losing 300,000 men in Moscow, but whatever. We don't talk about Russia. A bump in the road. <laughs> we don't talk about Moscow. We We only talk about... About France and uh, the island of St. Helena. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Man, imagine exile without an internet connection. That is brutal. Yeah, he just well, completely isolated. He probably got letters like once every three months or something. He, yeah. he must have learned to juggle like a <laughs> or something. Like, what, what was he doing the whole time? I mean, it, you know? it is a tropical island. Was there, so it's, how it's many nice. other people? Mm. How many other people were there, do you think? How many people are there? Um, yeah. it's, I, th I don't think there's anything there really. I think it's just literally where he like, was. Was there a, was there a vill 
Um, he wasn't fucking like he wasn't castawaying it with Tom Hanks. Like he wasn't building his own shelter. No. Like there had to be. Okay, something there's a there. small town called Jamestown. Um, it's actually a really uh, interesting town. It's like it's super small. It's like literally built between some cliffs right on the coast. Um, hmm. very small. Wonder if there's a population thing for it. Um, population. Oh, if it's small today, I must have been really small back Ooh, then. Six hundred and thirty people, or like sixteen hundred people, or so. Very small. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm sure there were a few other people on there with him. A couple of ladies, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't think he. Li- I have a feeling that he, you know, for someone who conquered the known world, essentially, that they had, it, they got off easy. Yeah, he got off easy. Yeah, tropical islands, nice. All right, well that is it. Woo! Good night. Goodbye. Au revoir. Signing off. Au revoir.